Josh. Have you ever had a I have not. Have you from I am, yes. Yeah, quite delicious. Um, I've been having them uh, quite frequently. Um, do, you, do you toast them or do you have I them? I do. I do toast them. I do toast them. I've got a variety of flavours. I've got, I think, chocolate fudge, choc chip, um, like blueberry and like cinnamon. They're absolutely delicious. Like, I think they're meant to be like a breakfast treat, which, uh, if true, it's no wonder that obesity levels are at the the extent that they are because nothing even remotely close to nutrition. It's like eating a cake that you put in the toaster, but it's it's so good. Yeah, there's no nutritional value. No, I can't can't even pretend there is. Um, do, you, um, talk- do you have to do you have to go somewhere? Sorry, I just I just need to get to the bottom of, of, yeah, of yeah, this yeah. Uh, of this uh, new fad of yours. Do you have to um, go out of your way to find them? Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're special- American imports. So you know those sort of like those those small um, uh, confection stores. Oh, yeah, right. some yeah. have them all like you know. Uh, candy stores that have imported sections. I have to have to go to there. The um, last question in relation to the yeah. pop tarts. What 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 uh, did they did they just catch your eye or did someone tell you to get on them? Uh, or did you, I don't know what sort inspired. Of no, I, I I mean I've had them before, but then I I saw a I think I saw a box of them on special. I'm like, yeah, why not? Because I love sweet things. I'm it's such a sweet tooth. Like sweet when it's tooth. Easter, it's like I, I it's it's hot cross buns like all the time. I, I have that yes. like instead of bread. Um, so yes, it's it's like yeah, plus buns in the Underhill household. Oh, well. do you have the chocolate chip ones? Uh, I do like the chocolate chip ones, mm-hmm, um, but mm-hmm. they I I wouldn't have those for breakfast. I would have those around morning tea or afternoon tea. So you have an ounce of self control. I do, yeah, yep. But we're not talking <laughs> but, uh, about confectionery, are we today, Josh? We're not. No, we're not talking about hot cross buns or pop tarts, but we are talking about hot cross books and pop books. So. <laughs> Josh, you're terrible. <laughs> yes, today, uh, the Good Book Boys are uh, featuring me, a Good Book Boy number one, uh, Alex. And Good Book Boy number two, Josh. Do we swap our Good Book Boy numbers around? Am I usually yeah, number one? I think you're usually number two, but th- I-, I think it's okay to swap it around. I don't, I don't want there to be any sort of actual it's hierarchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no hierarchy here in the in the Good Book Boys. <laughs> We're all Good Book Boys. We should be good, good book comrades, if you will. Um, yes. We are looking at uh, Zadie Smith's 2016 novel Swing Time, which was a Josh Underhill recommendation. Yep, this was a pick of mine. It's been on my bookshelf for a long time. Um, I've been meaning to get to it for ages. Uh, my wife has told me that. Not a terrible book. <laughs> and Sorry, so not I, a good was, book. Yeah, look, yeah, she, she didn't rave about it, but she said it was, <laughs> it was a pretty good read. So I was like, all right, I, Zadie Smith's a pretty big name. Um, so why not uh, dip our toes in the waters of Zadie Smith's writing with, with this book, Swing Time? Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk us through the, the basis of, of, of the novel, the, the plot? Yes. So, so the, the plot line uh, follows an unnamed main character. Um, from childhood to, uh, how old do we get to? The early thirties, I, I think. I uh, yeah, early to mid thirties, I believe. By the end, yeah. Um, and it follows her and a friend of hers. Um, they're both coloured kids in London, um, mm. in England, both mixed, and it, both mixed race. Yes. Um, so it kind of quite a poor part of London. Oh, you know, in housing estates of London, you know, very, very working class area, it sounds like. Yeah, so it explores some of those themes and, and what it's like to to deal with, with issues of race and um, and all that kind of stuff, as well as um, interspersing both the, both the kids uh, like dance, 
Um, mm. And so there's there's a bit of that uh, kind of littered throughout the book. It's kind of why it's called Swing Time. It's a reference to some of the old a movie movies starring Fred Astaire, I believe, 1930s. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so we see yeah uh, our um, main character uh, grow up, uh, deal with with deal deal with some of those issues. She ends up partnering up with a um, a, a famous uh, singer, pop artist. Um, and works as her personal assistant. Um, there's there's the relationships between her and the and the pop star and her and her childhood friend and, and her mother kind of take the form of the book. Yeah, well, it sort of it's, it cuts back and forth. You know, on one hand, you'll sort of be exploring it um, as she grows up. You know, in primary school and high school, and her her friendship with Tracy, who's her her childhood friend, and then each alternating chapter will be set uh, while she's a bit older and working uh, for this pop star called Amy, who I I got a very because Amy's said to be you know from just. Um, rural Australia got a very Kylie Minogue yeah. vibe from her did you yep yeah definitely yep. yep so it's sort of it goes back and forth and um part of a, a big section of it is Amy uh has this idea to build a a school for girls in a uh, unnamed country in Africa but I've read the reviews that it's meant to be Gambia yep for okay. whatever reason um so yeah it cuts back and forth with that you know um the narrator growing up and then being in Africa, working on this school with the the pop star and the people she meets. One of the notes um, that I have on the cutting back and forth from current time to um, childhood to in Africa to back in London or New York yeah. or, or wherever they are, um, I found it really difficult to 100% with confidence know exactly where I was. Really? At times. Like... Uh, like I guess maybe on the seventy percent of the time it was I was I knew what was happening, but the other thirty percent I was like, wait, yeah, where am I again? What's happening? To realize. Yeah, which was yeah was a bit of a was a bit whiplashy. Um, yeah, at points, but um, I just thought I'd mention that while we were talking about the fact that it does cut around a little bit in this book. It's not it's not super linear in its storytelling. Mm. What did you think of our main character, Josh? Yeah, she was she was an interesting vehicle. I think we're gonna end up drawing some parallels to um, less from mm. a couple of reviews ago. I think I think the main character, um, she wasn't given a name, and I think that kind of represents my thoughts of her as well. She's, she's a very passive mm. kind of vehicle to experience the other characters in the novel through. She kind Especially of again... when contrasted with Tracy, her mother, and Amy, yes. probably the three other most powerful characters who are very, very um, active. Yeah, very active. They have they have their kind of goals and aspirations, um, and they all get after them. Uh, whereas the main mm. character, things just happen, and and she kind of goes along with the ride. Mm. Um, but that's not necessarily a a, a bad thing. Um, mm. It was just interesting to note that most of the the tone of the book was through this kind of passive sort of main character's perspective. Is did you find that, or do you have a? Yeah, I contra- did. I did. Um... Um, I do wonder, similar with uh, Less, in which um, you know it was it was a middle-aged gay man writing a middle-aged gay character. Um, you know, Zadie Smith herself is uh, the daughter of a Jamaican woman and an English um, yeah. man growing up in, I think, quite a similar part of England. So, uh, you know, I got a real sense of you know a, a reflection of her her own sort of upbringing. You know. I think actually a cursory look at a Wikipedia page uh, says she really did enjoy like um, dancing as well, which is not really the theme of the of the 
of this. It's not really a book about dance. Um, no, it's just but it's it does just sort of play heavily it. into it. Similar um, to how last week, um, uh, High Fidelity isn't a book about music. Music, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just used as a as a theme to be able to move the characters through the yeah. I found the pacing a little bit... I think the first third and the last third were the strongest parts of the novel. I think the middle... And this probably, for me, is linked with um, my dislike for the Amy character. Um, mm. Mm. I think... What did you think of Amy? I just I just found her boring and, like, the whole... And, and this is kind of my just fundamental role-eye reaction to, to rich people complaining about things. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I just... I don't know whether the whole novel would be majorly different if there was a slight change to that part of the story in terms of main character ending up as a personal assistant to a pop star. I don't know if that necessarily makes the novel what it is. Um, And I just found all the sections where Amy was in it. I was just, I couldn't wait to get through that. And and the middle, the middle third was where she was most heavily prevalent. Um, I did enjoy. So, sorry. I did enjoy. So I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy the, the parts where they traveled to Africa and were building the school. I thought they were Mm -hmm. interesting and that is linked with the Amy character. She funded it and, and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't enjoy her philosophy about it. I didn't enjoy anything of that, but I did enjoy the, main character's experience and her interactions with the culture um i thought it was a really interesting i thought that zadie effectively portrayed the differences between kind of western culture and african culture and the way that if you're traveling back and forth between them the weird like things that you thought would be practical when you're sitting in the you know penthouse in new york sending emails back and forth um when you actually get on the ground um, where just crazy, stupid ideas and vice versa, when you're in the the village and you start thinking all these lofty ideals of, Oh, when I get back home, I'm going to cut down on plastic usage and all this kind of stuff. And then but she then mentions when, as soon as she gets back, it's, it's it I just think kind she, of, she says, and it was quite a, quite an effective sort of passage. It's it's, they're both self-contained realities. They don't cross over. Once you're in one reality, you live entirely within that one, which yeah, I thought was 100%. a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, so I I really enjoyed all that um all that part of the novel and I thought that was really effectively portrayed. I just kind of every time Amy was involved in any way shape or form I was like, "Ah, why?" Yeah. Um I've got to I've probably got to agree with you on that one. I think I think um I think we both really don't don't like one-dimensional characters. Yes. Well, obviously yep. no one does. Um, but that's a, a criticism we've brought up before. But um certainly with the people around the narrator, you've got um You've got uh, her mother, Tracy, and Amy, and I think there's there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of um, really quite interesting three dimensional aspects to both her mother and her and Tracy. And I found actually, yeah, absolutely, there were some really I found really poignant moments um, relating to the characters' relationship with those other two characters. Amy yep. just came across as a very sort of one dimensional character. There was this this. Um, perception of you know the sort of the glitzy um you know a white pop star who's going to change the world but you didn't get anything more than that I, I you know i don't know if that was the author's intention but we didn't get the same sort of i guess vulnerability or or depth of that character and as a result i mean i i i wouldn't whenever i got to uh, africa chapter which features amy I would read through it because I'm like, well, when I pick up this book again, I don't want to have to read these chapters because I <laughs> yep. much, much preferred the stuff 
about the, the narrator growing up and her relationship with Tracy. Um, yeah, than, absolutely. Than the, Me the too. African section. Yeah, I found that yep. much more interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and that's why I think the first third and the last third, which predominantly feature the relationship between between Tracy, the main character, and the main character's mother, um, were the best parts of the book. Um, I think especially um, Tracy's character arc was really kind of heartbreaking reading oh, through absolutely. the story. She, just how she had so much fire and and talent and ability um, through the first portion um, sections of the book. Um, and then I don't, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but yep. just the way that the way that her life takes, takes, takes a turn is, is, is I think a really realistic um, portrayal of what, what can happen. Um, Absolutely. And that was some of the most poignant moments I think involving Tracy, but it's similarly, I mean, I thought the, I thought um, the, the narrator's mother was a really, really fascinating character. Um, this, this, um, you know, staunch, uh, sort of Marxist feminist activist, um, who, who grows up and, you know, um, well, obviously she grows up, she's a woman. She, um, you know, who becomes sort of famous in her community, becomes a member of parliament and just sort of, uh, just the relationship between her and her, her daughter. Um, I felt so sorry for her daughter, um, having that mother who, you know, without spoiling it, um, she had so much to live up to, you know, yeah. so many expectations to meet. Did you see that as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I found it interesting how Zadie kind of plotted that um, yep. main character's mother, the way that she she just had so much um, ambition and drive mm. and kind of focused on that through her entire life, through the entire childhood upbringing of the main character. Um, mm. and, and once that was achieved, she kind of had a backwards looking guilt and regret about not caring enough for, for Tracy, um, for Tracy. Yeah. As the best friend and also for, for her daughter. And, um, you know, again, not wanting to spoil too much, you know, she doesn't get a chance to really make that right. Um, and, and, yeah. and I also thought that the development of the relationship between the main character and her mother, how at towards the end of the book, they really finally start to work out a bit of a, a rhythm to yeah. a certain extent. Um, and again, yeah, there's, there's no real opportunity to, to make that completely, completely right either. So I thought that was a really well-written character arc as well and, and definitely made the story a lot more interesting yeah absolutely and that that's you know that's just sort of focusing on on just the characters i think there's so much stuff about i mean about race and class and and gender as well that you know probably maybe we can't relate to um as much as as, as someone who was born in a similar situation to um to the author and to the narrator um but certainly that that stuff you said about that difference between living in Africa and living in New York slash London. And I think, I guess that's sort of mirrored by the fact that, um, that the main character is of, um, is mixed race and this idea of living in between. Um, but never fully fitting in, in one way or the other and never knowing sort of yourself where you're meant to sort of fit in. I thought that was, that was really quite striking. It's not again. I, I I would hesitate to say it's a book 
about race but i mean obviously so much of that comes into it with the the author's intent um yeah definitely and i don't know i don't know how much i don't know how much i mean there's probably a lot that you kind of would need to read the book through a few times and kind of get a bit academic about it um that we're missing um i think there could be something in the way the main character ends up being a um just the personal assistant to Amy, and there might be some sort of like parallels to yeah, to, yeah, you know, the kind of slave concept and that kind of thing. I don't know, and especially um, but... in contrast to her mother, who is um so much of a you know an activist and you know um so proud of her heritage. Um, but even then, even then, within you know uh, the character of her mother, there's a lot of contradictions there that we won't spoil. But um, just these really, really nuanced sort of things, you know, um, especially later in 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 the mother's um, journey when she's a bit older and she's achieved a lot of these things. Just these really sort of quite sharp moments that I think make for really, really three dimensional characters. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Um, and there's there's quite a lot about heritage in this book about questions about what what you know where do we come from and how much do we need to worry about that and represent that and and that kind of thing and that comes up a lot and especially when they go back to to the the african village and talk Mm -hmm. to some of the people there who um some of them have been to america to do um university or studies or whatever and have Mm -hmm. come back and there's some really interesting dialogue um and tensions between people who want to to want to stay in Africa and people who want to leave um, and that, and that kind of stuff. So there's, there's definitely lots of questions being raised about what, what does your country of origin mean to you? And yeah. And, you and I'll, I'll actually extend that Josh, Josh. Um, there's, there's that, that national aspect of it, but there's also sort of that, that class aspect um, with, you know, um, both Tracy and, um, and the main character grow up in these, how these, you know, housing estates, you know, pretty poor areas. Um, and how much can you escape that? How much can you escape, you know, the class that you are born into? And we see, yeah, you know, ultimately it's left, it's left ambiguous, you know, um, but certainly there's, a, there's those journeys that those characters go through. Um, so I think, yeah, heritage is probably right, whether that's um, ethnic, national or, or class. Uh, big questions about what does it truly mean to improve yourself and to, and, you know, do you need to escape where you're from or do you need to rise, you know, in the area that you are from? Um, and, uh, yeah, know, I don't definitely. think it was concrete answers, but it definitely made me think a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, there were a couple of instances similar to High Fidelity where I did struggle with some weak justifications of actions, um, particularly, and I feel like, you know, to a certain extent, it just it was a, a plot device to to push the book where Zadie wanted it to go. But the relationship between the main character and um, Lamin, yeah, yeah, yep. and, and what what happened there uh, was just kind of a little bit like not fleshed out enough we for me to believe no, that it would happen. We don't get, I guess, much of, and maybe look, maybe that relates to the main character's uh, passivity in yeah. that she sort of just accepts that what's going to happen and then just sort of like goes mm, yeah, along no, with 100%, it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But I do know what you mean. Um, any other instances besides that one where you 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 didn't feel the, the realism? I think that was probably one of the main ones. Although then linked with that, I did really appreciate the, um, the cleverness of the placement of the first chapter. Um, I don't know if you... Nice. I The way I felt that you need to read this book is you read it through and then once you get to the last page open the first page again, read the first chapter. 
You're quite right, because by the time you get because it it goes way back, doesn't it? It it does the first chapter and then it takes you way, way back. And actually, I think that's probably something I need to do, because now, of course, I read that first chapter. I knew it didn't really make sense. But yeah, um, because it's not meant to. You don't know any of the characters. But I will I will give that a read through again. I think that's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, I thought it was just I mean, it would have probably been pretty simple to do from a writing perspective. She probably wrote that chapter like I mean, who knows how they in what order, but it feels like it should like the chapter really goes maybe two or three chapters from the end of the book, um, but then yeah. it's just been pulled out and placed at the front, so it gives yeah. you a really nice like intrigue into the novel, and then you can kind of pick it back up again once you've read through the whole thing to kind of see how it all. Um, yeah, and d- I quite like that together. when there's um, when there's uh, allusions to sort of something terrible happening, and then it takes you way back, and you sort of it's good, you know, good writing technique to make the reader think, okay, what what is what is going to happen? Like what what's gonna what's 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 the outcome? I know what you mean. It's uh, yeah, because it really pulled me into the novel at the start, and I was like, oh, what's this about? And then you out. kind of and then you kind of forget about it as you get yeah. deeper into the novel, and then you have to kind of re pick that up at the end. So I I really appreciated that, and and I think that. Zadie's writing like aside from the story and aside from um you know the plot and everything I thought the writing was um was really nice it, it kind of got to the point where you you're reading you're not quite um aware that you're actually reading um which is which is a fant- which is yeah a, a great a great sort of trait to to not feel like it's a um well, a slog pretty much yeah, absolutely. Um, did you have any other uh, any other thoughts on the book? That no, we I was going to say, any other notes before we go on to the, um, the rating? I don't think so. I think we've captured right. most of the things I wanted to think about. Josh, give me your uh, Goodreads, Good Book Boys, Goodreads, five-star rating. How many stars does Zadie Smith's Swing Time get from you? I think for me it's it gets about a 3.5, 3.7, somewhere around there. But as we as we always do, we round up. So I'm going to give Zadie Smith's Swing Time a four out of five. Right. Really strong characterization with Tracy and um, main character's mother felt Amy was a little bit weak. Um, but the reason I'm going to give it three instead of four is just those African chapters did feel like a bit of a slog to me, and maybe that was because of the character of Amy. I didn't I didn't see a lot of, um, I, I know, a lot of depth in that character. Um, but, I, you know, I was really, really looking forward to, to the... Uh, finishing those chapters so I can go back and read the the other aspects, the the earlier aspects of the character's life. So I'm going to give it three out of five on Goodreads as soon as we are done. Nice. So that is some pretty high high praise from us so far. I think that's one of the higher ratings um, we've given some books. So if you uh, if you see it on the shelves um, or are intrigued at all to dip into Zadie Smith's writing, I think this is a good place to start. Yes, I should. I should just backtrack and say three. Three for me means I don't regret reading it. Or you know, I think it was time well spent. So absolutely, yeah, um, I think that, yeah, there's a lot to be gained from reading it. Well, we go on to our um, our, our section of the podcast now, where we talk about what we're reading. I'm going to gloss over mine first because it is the exact same as last time. Um, last time I mentioned that I was reading uh, more than one book at a time. Um, <laughs> so. I managed to get through Zadie Smith's. I'm still reading Hilary Mantel. That's almost done too. So I should have something interesting to say uh, next time. But I do know, uh, based on the notifications I get in my inbox, that you have been getting through quite a few things on Goodreads. Alex, what have I you been have, reading? I have. Um, you know what? I don't. I think it's because you know I've. Uh, I'm 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 on my my comic book genre again. Um, you know, mm. I've always been a, I've always been a casual fan of comic books. You know, I don't I don't get them as they come out. But if there's a 
a well-regarded story i'll buy the collected edition and i usually quite enjoy that so i think because i've been playing um spider-man on ps4 which i'm really enjoying yep. um i've been so it's sort of re-sparked that so i've been reading some really really um fantastic comic books uh spider-man life story which is one of the most recent spider-man um collections is a really really fantastic one sort of has spider-man aging in real time um mm. so um at the same you know so he debuts in 1962 i want to say as a 15 year old and then it shows him sort of getting older through the through the years and it, it meshes real world history with history of the marvel universe and all the events that take place there so that's really interesting to see i love i love um comic books that deviate from sort of standard continuity and explore a different different aspect of that there's so much ground of creativity that can be covered with comic books and and the integration with real world events and just yeah, alternate yeah. histories and all that kind of stuff and i i i really saves you from having to be up to date entirely with everything that's happening in the in the 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 fictional universe at the moment it sort of takes you away for a second in these limited series and just sort of shows you like an alternate world so i really do appreciate um good comics like that um yeah, also definitely. going through my my standard uh still going through bond and um and Tintin, two series I'm working my way through. Um, just finished uh, Doctor No, which is actually a really, really solid, solid entry in the James Bond series. Um, possibly, probably the, the best Bond I've read so far. Um, currently reading Tintin and the uh, Blue Lotus, um, which is so you know still early days in that series. And uh, oh, looking at my Goodreads, anything else? No, about about standard. You know, just sort of a very brief. I think I feel like this is, this has taken us a while to get through this one because I think we've both been distracted with other books, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um, but that's okay. It's it's all good yeah, stuff. No, it's, right. um, gonna, it's, inter- it's interesting. It's interesting that our mutual friend, who's quite well read, Jason, is um, mm. is dipping his toes into the Bond series. Did you end up um, yeah. giving him I mean, any? Any tips or pointers, or is he just going only to reference on, your Only on Instagram, but I, 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 from what I know about Jason, and I don't want to pigeonhole him as any type of reader, but I, I wouldn't have thought that's his his jam. So yeah, you know, no, I was uh, good, on him, good on him for, uh, for 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 branching out. I suppose I'm happy to, uh, Jason, if we you're might. listening, having to uh, lend a hand whenever you want. Yeah, we might have to um, once he gets through a couple, we might have to get him on for this section to um, to see what his thoughts are of the of the series and of Fleming's writing. I think that'd be a great idea. Absolutely. And that could be a good book boy special almost. Yeah, I also know that um, old Lukey boy uh, wants to get on at some point as well. So we might have to have yeah, a couple he has of specials. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, we'll see. You know, it's, we're pretty busy, you know. I'm not sure <laughs> if we can really find the time for that, but, you know, we'll do what we can, I guess. What are you doing on literature these days? What can we see? Where can we find you? Well, you can find me, as always, on literature underscore L A T T E R A T u-r-e underscore it sounded longer than it needed to be latte rapture combination of latte and literature underscore on instagram also on latte, it's, it's latte not the easiest it's not the easiest handle to, <laughs> to plug it's not it? it's not but i've had it for it, so it long looks I can't, it looks good yeah, but, um, I mean, to say it letter for letters <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you can find pictures of uh, nice trees that i see and all the books i'm reading also on youtube latte richer as well um but no underscore with that one in which i have a much a very very varied um source of of um of output um and josh i believe we can find you on hot cup of jazz on instagram is that correct that is correct. I've actually been posting a few bits and pieces on there. Um, so finally got around to it. Um, so that's good. Uh, doing some stuff there. And there's some, well, there's some things in the works that could be uh, announced down the line. We'll, we'll, cool. we will see. 
and uh, and and same goes for me. Uh, but I think we're both sort of the same. We're both we both don't like to announce things prematurely. Yes. No. We, you don't want to. You don't want to say something's going to happen and then it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Any final words, Alex? Yes. Would you like to hear what we're reading next time? Oh, I would. Yes. I forgot <laughs> that we have the next time section. What are we reading? Really okay. Like... This is, I believe, a book. I, I believe I've mentioned it on the uh, um, in the past. Um, yep. It's on my shelf, and I'm be very, very excited to um, reread it. So I thought, why not get it on the podcast uh, next week, episode, month, year, whenever this comes out? Who knows? 2020 is weird. Um, we will be looking at the debut novel by singer songwriter John Darnell, and that is Wolf in White Van, 2014. Ooh. Wolf in White Van. I'll write it down. I will pick it up. I really look forward to reading it. Um, a, a note on that is how are you going with your post-it notes on your shelf? So uh, as I mentioned, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I will I will have a post-it note on my shelf um, for every book that I have not read. And the idea is to take them off as I read them. That's meant to encourage me to um to, to read them and keep moving them off because I'm a very visual person. What I've been doing instead is just buying more books and then just adding more um, <laughs> post-it notes. Effectively, that's literally the, the opposite yeah. of what yeah. that's, that system's so, supposed to uh, It's not good. It's not working in to- quite as well as I expected, but I, I, I think, I don't think, I, I don't have the urge to buy any books right now. So, okay. you know, it's an addiction. Hopefully, we'll, we, you know, I can be cured one day. It's not, it, it's not the worst addiction you could have. I'm okay with no, that. No, no. Uh, I do have those as well, though. Uh, that's right. We'll work on those. <laughs> All right, Josh, great to talk to you. As always, great to talk to you, too. Thank you for listening. Um, Zadie Smith's Swing Time is a solid entry. Um, if you see it, pick it up. Uh, this is the Good Book Boy saying, if it's not a good book, leave it on the shelf. Until next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye now.